Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Ward, author of China's Vision of Victory and founder of Atlas Organization, in conversation with Dan Markey, um, who is the author of China's Western Horizon and the director of the Johns Hopkins SICE Global Policy Program. So, Dan, thanks very much for taking the time for a brief conversation on Conversation 6, a new yeah, experiment. Happy to join you. Absolutely. So we're going to get into today some of the major um, themes in, in, a, in a brief overview of your new book. And particularly, I want to ask you what prompted this. I mean, what was it that you were seeing um, in, in the international picture that you, you felt needed to be explained and expanded upon uh, more significantly? And when you get into a characterization of China's westward strategy, um, Tell us more about how likely you think this is to succeed or fail. I mean, how seriously should we take this? And also, what are some of the key places? In your book, you've gone through Kazakhstan, Iran, Pakistan, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and it's a very comprehensive picture. So why don't we pick a couple of those and just touch upon them briefly? Great, great questions. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot to say. I guess I really was prompted at the outset um, to write this book by a few things that just struck me as uh, extreme characterizations or um, pieces of the story of what China is up to in the world that didn't quite get to um, some of the realities that I was witnessing in my own uh, observation, and in particular, my own observation of China and South Asia. So when I say extreme characterizations, I mean, on the one hand, I was hearing at a variety of uh, usually China-sponsored events, or conferences, and things like that, that China in its Belt and Road Initiative and other overseas initiatives was engaged in uh, principally win-win activities, uh, mm -hmm. the types of things that were good for everyone. Everybody would make out like bandits, make money, uh, advance uh, development and so on. And there was no geopolitical agenda at work and there was nothing uh, and, and little in the way of geopolitical consequences except for positive things. And of course, you know, having studied international affairs for some time, I could tell that even benign or uh, efforts that are intended to be benign, even things I've seen the United States attempt to do uh, with great motivations behind them, often end up having counterproductive uh, consequences. And I was sure that that would be the case uh, for China's activities as well. So that was one extreme that I was troubled by. And the other was a kind of an evolving, I would say, Beijingology, uh, certainly sitting in Washington, people... I think rightly uh, increasingly focused on you know what is China up to, what does China want, but not appropriately recognizing that China doesn't get to act in the world as if it was a vacuum or a, a clear field that it could just impose its will upon, but that China too, just like the United States or any other great power, uh, faces the consequences and the complications associated with its actions that are imposed by the world around it and by the reactions of other states. And in many cases, those states, what they want uh, from China may well be as or more important than what China wants from them in determining outcomes. Now, you asked also, you know, what is China, what is its westward strategy? And of course, this book, China's Western Horizon, really is looking to this area of continental Eurasia, where also, I think, uh, has been relatively understudied by many American analysts who principally are in, involved in looking at what China's doing at home or maybe what China's doing on its eastern seaboard, less interested in what it's been doing uh, looking west. So I wanted to remedy that. And I wanted to take seriously uh, what appears to be a concerted Chinese effort to expand uh, its set of relationships across uh, the Western Front through continental Eurasia to extend uh, its reach, its access, 
And the implication of this now looking perhaps over the long term is a China that would have the capacity to extend its power projection capability and its political influence, not to mention its economic influence, which has already happened, up to Europe's doorstep, up to the Persian Gulf, uh, in ways that I think, if you're thinking about the global geopolitical competition with, with the United States, will be relevant for decades to come and turn China into a more legitimate uh, superpower. And no, at last, me... you asked about key places. I look at Kazakhstan, I look at Iran, I look at, at Pakistan. These are big countries, actually, um, which are critically important in the region. That's why I focus on those. Right. And let me interject for a second, because it, it seems that part of your thesis is that the westward, um, you know, movement of China's strategy is sort of a more pliable, um, you know, region, essentially. I mean, they can go farther than there than they can in the West Pacific, for example. So I, I want to ask you, there was an interesting op-ed in the Wall Street Journal about um, you know, Russian and Chinese um, essentially facilitation of Iran's, um, you know, uh, military capability. And what do you think are the prospects? I mean, if, if do, you, do you see any kind of Russia, China, Iran, and Taunt emerging in the 2020s? I mean, what would that look like and, and what would counter that? I think that, I, I, I think it's a great question. I think the prospects are there in part because of the deterioration in uh, U.S. relations with, with all three of them. Uh, that has more than anything else brought them together. Because if you look at their underlying interests, those three countries are relatively wary of one another. And so it's the push and pull here, right? Iran is desperate for help and is, is increasingly turned to Russia and of course China as well. And that's a really important story, but it wouldn't be happening if not for the deteriorating relationship between the United States and these countries too. So we have to look at both sides. Right, and with that, thank you, Dan, and thank you everyone for listening. Thank you.